Fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Forget him, kid. To infinity and beyond! It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me, and my natural response could be to get offended. So well, fine, let's talk about it. Any thoughts of, of your own on this matter? Or do you, is that your thing? You come into a bar, you read some obscure passage, and then pretend you, you pawn it off as your own idea just to impress some girls? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. It's the 30-something movie podcast. We are in the month of January. This is our Law and Order month, and this episode is The Getaway from 1994, the remake of the 1972 Steve McQueen, Ally McGraw movie. So we're going to be talking that one this episode. With me, as always... Uh, my trusty getaway drivers. Is that what, is that what we are? Sure. 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 Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. So my the getaway driver on my screen, the getaway driver to my right, Pat Canigallo. Pat, how are you doing? Hi, everybody. How's I'm sorry. Why are you I'm sorry? I'm sorry about all this. Because we're reviewing this movie. Oh. So I'm sorry, you. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't... Uh, don't uh, don't bury the lead there, Pat. I know, right? <laughs> no, no. Seriously, I I I haven't. Uh, I'm sticking to my New Year's resolution for no, 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 a year. No, 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 no. Don't say anything else. Don't say anything else. Hold on, just a second. Uh, by the way, you can go to our website, uh, 30podcast.com/slash/donate, and there's a link to Patreon. If you love the getaway, <laughs> and I think you do, if you're listening to this episode, because Pat hates it. Go over to 30podcast.com slash donate, and you can join us over there for Patreon, where we've got a bunch of bonus content. We might even we do a more in-depth review over there. Yeah. Dude, I'm gonna, sorry, Pat. I, go I, ahead. Continue now. If we if someone comes out and is like, dude, that was my favorite movie, you got, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, that would be hilarious. No, seriously. Pat, I'm if somebody else start... comes out and says that, I will actually pay for a Patreon membership. I... I'm just well now. Careful, man. We're going to be eating those words. But, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, you know but... what? I'm not going to yuck. I'm not going to yuck other people's yums. Oh come I'm, on! I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm digging deep, and I'm going to find something enjoyable and. Pat, and it's, all a, that it's kind a, of a new year. Make movie. this. Make 2024 the year of the yuck. The year of the yuck. Yeah. Well. What can I say? Seriously, good to see everyone. Good to be here talking about this movie. Ish. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's that's the intro. Hey, yeah. everyone. Well, and to my left, the baby to my driver. Bo, how are you doing? I am well, John. How are you? I'm good. Baby Driver's a good movie. I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, I have not seen it at, seen at all. It? Oh, it was fun. But uh, yeah, so you and, and Bo will, I'm, I'm sure we'll do some editing if need be, but you were attacking the microphone with sneezes before. So are you you're you said you're a bit under the weather after the holidays. Yeah, yeah, you know, caught the flu and had yeah. to deal with that, but but we're 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 ambulatory again and and we're hoping to stay that way. Based on Pat's assessment, did you catch the flu before or after watching this movie? Before. Oh, okay. All right. I just wanted... uh, and I waited until I was feeling better before I watched this movie, okay. which I think was a good call. All right. I didn't know if there was a correlation, so I just wanted to check. No, not this time. Okay. We, we do want to help out our listeners. If if a movie will make you physically sick, we will let you know. Yeah, we tr- we, we yeah, we should we should make that a goal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to before we get to start before we start talking about this one, I am going to put you guys on the spot here for just a minute and ask you a Boy. question that I did not let you know that I was going to be asking you, but this is actually our first time recording in the new year. So the Oh my gosh. Happy New Year! Happy New Year um, so yeah, so our first couple of episodes of 2024 we did record before the holidays. So this is our first time back together for a couple of weeks, probably two, three weeks or so. Mm-hmm. So it is nice mm-hmm. to see you guys again. But the, the question I want to ask you is: now that we are a couple of weeks into 2024, taking a look back for just a moment, what was your favorite movie that came out in 2023 that you saw last year? Oh man, 
So a new movie, a movie that came out in 2023 um, that you saw last year. That's a tough one. That's it's not fair to hit me with something like that. I apologize. No, you don't. Not really. If you need, if you need a list, this is what I will typically do. If you need a list, if you go to letterboxd.com and you can search it by year, it'll show you movies that came out last year. You know, I really, as, as lame as this is for someone on a movie podcast, I don't know how many new movies I saw last year. Yeah. You know, I was I was kind of proud of myself because I did manage to see, I think I saw more new movies last year than I have in a while. And I was kind of happy with that because it had been a while since I'd gone to the theater that much. Sure. And, and I don't feel like I went to the theater a lot last year, but it was more than the last few years. Okay, can I ask a question? Yeah, if we it. saw the movie after the new year, but it was a 2023 movie, can that still... Does That's that fine. Still... Yeah, what, what was your favorite 2023 movie that you saw? Oh, man. All right. I'm going to go to the Letterboxd yeah. thing. I, mean, I, can... I am too, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a, yeah. on a limb and say it might have been... And this is the, with the caveat that I have not... Um, I have not... Seen I have not Oppenheimer. Okay, I still okay. Seen that what one. I yeah. expect would be my answer here. Okay, had I seen it, yeah. I John, what's that newfangled website called again? Letterbox. Letterboxd, L E T T E R B O X D dot com. And if you go there and just do, I think if you click on films <laughs> along the top, okay. and then you click year, and then you can burrow down to the twenty twenties, and then twenty twenty three. Okay. I actually oh, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. No, no you're no, no. fine. I actually really enjoyed Barbie. That's another one I haven't seen yet. It is fantastic. Okay. I am. We do have the max for the time being, so it is on. Somewhat there. shocked that I enjoyed it. Okay. I, I may have shared this on the podcast before, but one of the traditions we have in in my house is we on New Year's Eve. We each choose a movie for the other one to watch mm-hmm. that perhaps the other one wouldn't normally okay. partake in. And and that was my my New Year's movie gift, if you will, from my lovely wife. And oh, it was good. Yeah. They made some bold choices. They made some hysterical choices. You know, I, I'm impressed with Greta Gerwig and her team. It, it's really good. Yeah. Mm, cool. All right. Let's see here. Well, I'm going to say there were some really good movies that I watched in 2023. I am going to say the bookends for 2023 were not necessarily all that great because I started the year. I I have my little journal of which movies I watched. I started 2023 watching Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. There you go. And it was good. Meh. Meh. I mean, it was, it was okay. Yeah, um, it was an mm-hmm. action movie. It was, you know. There were moments when I felt like, you know, our, our, our the other podcast we really enjoy, Greatest Generation, oftentimes will advertise some gummies that uh, you can take to help with your mental state or or things like that. I feel like you might have needed a lot of gummies to really enjoy some of that movie. Yeah, I could agree with that statement. God, there were 36,000 films released in 2023. Yeah. And then I ended the year by watching Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Ah, yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, I mean, mm, unless you get a cheap ticket, I might wait until it's... On home video, okay. I might wait till it's streaming. I'm not sure it needed. I just, I wanted to go see a movie, and I wanted to see that movie right. uh, as the end of the DCEU. I wanted to wanted to partake a bit, and so I took Nora to go see it, and it was fun. It was fun to go to the movie theater and watch a movie. You know, high quality stuff. No, but you know, it was a fun time at the theater. Sure. I will say though, my. <laughs> My favorite, I can tell you right away what my favorite movie of 2023 was, and then I can tell you some of the close runners-up for it, too. My favorite movie was Godzilla Minus One. That movie was amazing. In fact, if, it, if it's still in the theaters, I would highly recommend you go see it. 
And if you end up going to see it, let me know because I'll go with you because I want to see it again. But I highly, highly recommend Godzilla Minus One. I think it's the best Godzilla movie they've ever made. So, and I I put that one as number one over the movie that Dennis and I watched Pat sleep through, The Holdovers. Okay, I've got a little follow-up. i got a little rebuttal on that. Oh, you do? Okay, go ahead. ahead. I'm just going to say. You know what, Pat? I will allow you to retort. (laughs) I did doze during that movie. I got the gist, and yes, I do need to see it again, and that would be very good. However, it came out a couple days later. Dennis went and saw it again with his mom. Oh, did he? And he realized that he had dozed during that movie Ah. because when he went and saw it with his mom, he's like, oh, I don't remember this part. So I'm just going to say that. Uh, Continuing on your thing with Godzilla Minus One, yes, Dennis and I went and saw that, and yes, that is amazing. It is an amazing movie. It is awesome. However, there are some, and, and not that this is a bad thing by any stretch, there are some dialogue scenes where things start to slow down. Yeah. And there was a couple times when I started to get, not to sleep, but I started to get a little hazy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I, Dennis starts rattling his drink and doing all this stuff <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I, I missed maybe 30 seconds of the film and I'm good. Okay. Right. And I'm just, I, I, the rebuttal continues because as I was watching, all of a sudden I know, hear from next to me, and there's Dennis fully reclined staring straight up at the ceiling with his eyes shut. <laughs> so I gave him a little jab in the ribs and he woke up and just started laughing. And so I'm just saying that, yeah, okay. Okay. I didn't catch most of the holdovers and I, I get it, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's like the table thumping thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm not the only guy. You're saying between the holdovers and Godzilla minus one, you saw one movie. I yes. Okay. Yes. So, everybody, our top movie of 2023 is The Holdovers Minus One. <laughs> the Holdovers Minus One with the monster. It's a, it's a, gripping, it's a gripping story of students that have to stay back at their New England boarding school um, while also fighting a kaiju. And perhaps they learn how to paint a fence while saying wax on, wax off on the steps of a building in Philadelphia. Sure. Just why not? Yeah. I, I, I my, like everything about this. My favorite yeah. scene was the reenactment of the end of Rocky Four, where Paul Giamatti and uh, Godzilla are duking it out in the ring. <laughs> I, I, I was I was going to try. I don't think I can do it. Uh, I can't do a that's, Paul Giamatti. That's outstanding. I, I can't do a Paul Giamatti Im- impression, but if I could, I would have said something like, "If yous can change, and eyes can change." <laughs> I'm still not drinking Merlot. I, there you go. Thank you. That's that's how that must end. So that's that's something else uh, there. But yeah, so Godzilla minus one would be my top movie. The holdovers would be a, a very mm-hmm. close second to that. I thought that one was great. And then the one that I know is a little bit more controversial, but we really enjoyed it. Is I'm going to say Wonka is my third favorite. From <laughs> haven't gone around to seeing it. Heard conflicting things very intrigued we really enjoy the original sharon and i both said this that we went in nora went in because timothy chalamet was there Um, right sharon and i went in we're like eh, we're gonna go enjoy some popcorn and we're gonna go in with no preconceived notions expectations whatever we're just gonna enjoy our popcorn and spend time with family and we actually came out of that movie really really enjoying it so we were really pleasantly surprised at how much we enjoyed that movie nice so so those would be mine. Godzilla minus one, definitely my top one. Holdovers and Wonka are close second and third, but there were a couple other really good ones from this last year. The Hunger Games sequel I thought was really well done. Um, I've heard good things again, haven't. Yeah, I, I've been telling people that I think the Hunger Games, was it Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes is what yep. it was called? I think that that one movie is the superlative version of Star Wars Episodes 2 and 3. Oh, wow. Okay. It's a All great right. story. If Coming you wanna, from you, that's a thing. If you want to change his name from Snow to Anakin and watch somebody have a downfall, then I think they did it much better than Star Wars Episodes 2 and 3 did. Okay. And, and they did it in one movie. Interesting. I still have yet to read the book. I want to read the book before I read the movie. Yeah, yeah. But I know that one looks good. Looks real good. I can't believe I missed Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I missed John Me neither. Wick, and I, John Wick 4. 
I'm like, I know for a guy on a movie podcast, I'm feeling like a schlub. I gotta be honest. I did watch John Wick four. It was now it all kind of blends together for me though. Cause I watched one through four kind of back to back. Oh my goodness, John. So Lordy, ah. Lordy, that had to be, that had to be a special day. I I'm had just going to say it. It was over the course of a few days, but still you know, it was, I feel like I needed to kind of stay away from people for a while. Cause I didn't want to lash <laughs> out and hurt anyone. You might kill someone. Yeah, right. I can understand that. Too. I kind of feel like it was the kind of excitement you get when you walk out of seeing uh, V for Vendetta in IMAX and you're like, where is something that I can go blow up? Right. <laughs> I would like to rage, please. Mm-hmm. I, I need some C4 and a clock. Why did you hit my son? <laughs> yes, I did hit your son, sir. Mm-hmm. Because he stole John Wick's car. Do- <laughs> he stole John Wick's car and he killed his dog. Mm-hmm. Sorry, spoilers, everybody. That's all right. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, my gosh. That, that, yeah, oh, like, my gosh. Just that, that, just that recognition of, oh, I see. I see. I, I, yeah, those, those John Wick movies are awesome. You know, what I find interesting is they don't use real guns in them. Really? Yeah. They use only prop guns. And the, the guy that does the whole thing, he's just, his stance is there's no reason to use real firearms. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think more people might make that choice after. Mm-hmm. It's good. an interesting segue here after yeah. Mr. Alec Baldwin. Well, yeah. was a moron. Yeah. So there's that. All right. Well, yeah, we can, if you guys have any others, and I'll probably ask as we go along this year too. There's some other good ones that I know are supposed to be coming out this year that we're looking forward to. So I'm, sure I'm going to, I'm going to go on the record of saying, and I might take a little heat for this one, uh-huh. but uh, I'm take from the, Pat. I'm feeling we, it. We rented the Taylor Swift heiress tour mm-hmm. because I didn't get taken to the movie theater with my daughter. It was uh-huh. my wife, my sister-in-law my nieces, my sister, my daughter's friend, my daughter's friend's mom, they all went, dad didn't get invited. And it was kind of like, well, okay. I mean, I like some of the tunes and the whole Danielle's like, okay, dad, well, we're going to rent the movie. And if mom wants to watch it, she can, but we're going to make sure to rent it and blah, 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 blah. And so we rented the heirs to her, man. I was quite taken with it. I thought, man, Taylor Swift, awesome. Great tunes, great show, great costumes, great production. Did I mention great tunes? It's great hearing her sing. Like it was, I was really taken with the whole thing. So I are you calling I that? Much, are you calling that as your favorite movie of twenty twenty three? Say favorite, man. I and it's kind of a. It's I don't know if I can okay. because it's a concert. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's not a, like a, I watch it for different means, but I will say it was one of the best things that I watched. I okay. mean, I really, really enjoyed it. The whole, the whole thing. I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty awesome. So anyways, and it was, it's been fun to connect with my daughter on with stuff that she likes and, and, and that, and I, like I said, I can see why, I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just great music. So there you go. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to throw Taylor Swift, the Eras tour concert in there. Nice. Um, right I next will to do... John Wick 4 and Dead Reckoning and yeah. Godzilla minus one and all that kind of stuff. I will do a quick shout out for any of our, because I know we've got a few listeners who really enjoy a good horror movie. So I will say, and and this is just based on the ones I saw this year. So I, and I may have missed some that came out this year, but I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed Cocaine Bear. I really enjoyed Evil Dead Rise and I really enjoyed Thanksgiving. So I thought those were so a lot Cocaine of So Cocaine Bear is worth the watch. Huh? It is worth a watch. It is. Yeah, it's worth a watch. Okay. It's crazy. It's, it's bat guano crazy. I figured, I just wasn't sure if I was yeah. yeah, yeah, ready for it, I guess. Oh, yeah. Your soul's prepared. You'll be fine. Okay. Yeah. I don't recommend, the jokingly, what I said, because earlier in the year, because I think they came out around the same time, I jokingly said I was going to have a marathon and watch Cocaine Bear and then turn around and watch Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Yeah, that one I'm not sure my soul is ready for. I, I'm oh, not doing that Lord. one. Have you heard also because of the whole uh, the whole uh, public domain thing that now there's the Steamboat Willie movie that's coming out that's a horror movie? Yes, oh I have. And yeah. that one, oddly, I'm intrigued by. And that's because I heard about it talked about on another podcast. Oh. Not to add more podcast. Oh, I wasn't going to do this to you guys. That's fine. Jump. Apologize now. I'm going to add two more podcasts to your list. All right. Buddy. Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Oh. 
Which is exactly as cool as you think it is. Okay. It is awesome. They talk about all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, the last one I was listening to was, um, oh gosh, what am I drawing a blank? Um, Mattel and Hot Wheels and how it was a commercial and just all that crazy stuff. It's it's really good. And then the mm-hmm. other podcast, which has nothing to do with anything right now, except it's really good, is called After These Messages. Hmm. And it's about co- old commercials. Huh. And there's been some real fun stuff on there. Nice. They're not Very podcasts cool. I've consumed in any bulk. Yeah. I learned about them through other podcasts and whatnot. And so I've, I have them on my podcatcher, but I only kind of scroll through every once in a while Yeah, and pick off episodes whose titles sound interesting to yeah. me. So I have a few podcasts like that, but it is so far so good on that one, man. Nice. Check yeah. that one out. All right. I think it's time. I think we've, stalled as much as we can i think it's time for the yeah camera. we've marinated in yes. our marin and here we are uh-huh. and, and yeah. here we are so all right yeah. so our movie this time around is the getaway we spoil freely and as we talk we are just going to spoil other things so if we mention a movie you don't want to hear about go ahead and hit that little 10 second or 30 second or whatever button you've got on your podcatcher of choice an app of choice and we'll probably be done talking about it make sure you i know i mentioned our uh, website earlier when pat talked about how much he hates this movie so we really hope some big fans of this movie are here today but 30podcast.com, where you can leave a rating, a voicemail, and you can find that link to Patreon, where we go through and do a bunch of other bonus episodes over there. So that is available to you if you so choose to join us over there as well. And it really helps out the show. Any level of support you can give over there would be very much appreciated. And thank you to our Patreon co-executive producers that have been over there for the years that we've had it going. So thank you so much. All right, our first section is called Trivia Pursuits. We give you a little bit of background on the movie. So this one came out February 11th, 1994. Oh, a Valentine's movie. Oh, ain't that sweet. That's why it's a love story, because it came out on Valentine's. Yeah, that's oh. why. Well, that come on, then, they, then it's a good movie. Why are you guys being such Grinches? Do you not love people? Do you have not no love like in your that. heart? You have no love in your heart? Absolutely none. Okay. All right. John, if you keep proceeding along this course, I'm going to pull out my 21st century lens and talk about the objectification of women for the next hour. Huh? Okay. I mean, we've got time. Yeah. But nothing else to talk about in this. Go, <laughs> Go for it. Do you mean that you might have some stuff related to Jennifer Tilly that you would want to talk about with regard to I that subject? I, 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 I'm just going to let you proceed with the cold open, John. I'm just saying. I will pull the quote from uh, Tombstone. Proceed, sir. It has a a rating of R at a runtime of one hour and 55 minutes. Directed by Roger Donaldson, who did Species and Dante's Peak. Writers were Walter Hill and Amy Holden Jones. Walter Hill did 48 Hours and Red Heat. Amy Holden Jones did Mystic Pizza and Indecent Proposal. Producer was David Foster and Lawrence Truman. Foster did, did The Thing. And McCabe and Mrs. Miller, Truman, did The Graduate and American History X. Composer was Mark Isham, who did Crash and A River Runs Through It. Cinematographer was Peter Menzies Jr., who did Die Hard with a Vengeance and The Incredible Hulk from 2008. Editor was Conrad Buff IV, who did Titanic and Terminator 2 Judgment Day. All right, I'm going to stop there for just a second because we've already let our, our feelings about this movie known, that we don't care for it necessarily. And this is one of those examples of you look at the people that were brought together to make this movie, what the director has made, what the writers have done, the producer. I mean, these aren't small, these aren't small time things. These are all movies that we have either covered or are going to cover at some point on this podcast. Species, Dante's Peak, 48 Hours, Red Heat, Mystic Pizza, Indecent Proposal, The Thing, American History X, The Graduate, a River Runs Through It, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Titanic, Terminator 2. I mean, this is like an amazing collection of stuff. And this is the movie we got. Well, I, I think I don't want to get ahead of us, but I do wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that they were trying to remake someone else's movie. Possibly. 
And it just did, the remake did not go well, Enterprise. Yeah, that's possible. I like to refer to something like this as the Mars attacksification of something oh, because because Mars wow. attacks and and we have people in our family that really really love that movie. Um, it has its place in the world for sure. It has its place uh, amongst the yodeling community. I know the yodeling aficionados really love it, mm. um, but that movie has so many celebrity cameos and so many big name people in that and it's not a great movie it's kind of one of those that i'm like hmm you'd think maybe if you got this many people in the room that were this good maybe you'd end up with a good movie no well i I do think that's it's the too much of a good thing problem i think Yeah. yeah so Anyway, production companies were Universal Pictures and Largo Entertainment. Budget was $37 million. Box office was $30 million, approximately. So That's a lot of scratch. It did, yeah, did not make its money back. Flickmetrics gives it a 54%. Cinema score gives it a B. Alec Baldwin played Doc McCoy. He was a doctor, not a bricklayer. A doctor, not a comedian, Jim. Not that Dr. McCoy. Uh, Beetlejuice, Hunt for Red October. Kim Basinger was Carol McCoy. She was an L.A. Confidential and 8 Mile. Uh, Michael Madsen was Rudy Travis. He was in Reservoir Dogs and Donnie Brasco. James Woods was Jack Benyon. He was in Casino and Vampires. David Morris was Jim Deere Jackson. He was in The Green Mile and 12 Monkeys. Jennifer Tilly was Fran Carvey. She was in Bullets Over Broadway and Bound. James Stevens played Harold Carvey. He was in The Paper Chase and Death of a Salesman. Richard Farnsworth played Slim. He was in The Straight Story and Misery. Burton Gilliam played Golly. He was in Blazing Saddles and Back to the Future Part 3. Philip Seymour Hoffman was Frank Hansen. He was in Capote and The Master. Royce D. Applegate was the gun shop salesman. He was in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? and Seabiscuit. And Daniel Villarreal was Luis. He was in American Me and Bound by Honor. All right, I've got just a couple of trivia things in here. Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger had actually fallen in love with each other while making The Marrying Man in 1991, and he had asked her to play the female role in this movie since they were together at the time, and she said she loved the original movie a lot, and her first suggestion was no. She didn't want to do it. She then apparently went back to the novel to see if there was a little bit more of a substantial theme to the story, and she said that she felt like after reading it that it could be summed up in one word, trust. And she said, okay, this is, this is a movie about trust. These people can't trust anybody or anything. They can't trust their colleagues. They seemingly can't trust each other. And then when mistrust occurs, she said, it breeds violence and havoc. And so she eventually did sign on and agree to do the movie. The only other two trivia pieces I have in here I am putting under the subset of lip trauma trivia. <laughs> there was a lot of lip oh. trauma in this movie. Lip trauma number one. In fact, hold on. I, I feel like this is this is enough so that we can we can do something like this. Lip trauma number one. When Carol is driving the car and Doc is shooting from the back seat, a spent cartridge ejected from the gun hit Kim Basinger on the lip. Filming had to stop for over a week while the wound healed. Oh, geez. And then lip trauma number two. Michael Madsen accidentally banged Burton Gilliam's face into the closet door for real. As a result of this, Gilliam had to be taken to the hospital to get four or five stitches in his lower lip and was thus unable to work for five days until the swelling went down and the stitches were subsequently removed. Lord. So. <laughs> yeah. Lip trauma. Lots of lip trauma. That's insane. If I had a bell, no, you know if what? I had a bell, that might be the title of this episode. That's extraordinary. It's yes. That's extraordinary. What would you like to do next? I'm just saying, as a trumpet player, lip trauma, it's a thing. That's a serious I would imagine it's a serious thing. Yeah, I would imagine that would be a thing. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the synopsis for this one, in a world where loyalty is a luxury, Doc McCoy and Carol McCoy find themselves in a deadly game. Betrayed by Rudy Travis and hunted by Jack Benyon, they must outsmart their enemies in a high-stakes chase for freedom. Tension mounts in this heart-pounding thriller where trust is the ultimate gamble. The getaway where every turn could be your last. 
Just look at the situation. One, the wife is very attractive. She is a stunningly healthy young woman. I trusted you. Yeah, and I came through for you, oh, too. Yeah, repeatedly. Two, the woman's husband, a thief serving a long sentence in a Mexican hellhole. You're supposed to make a deal with him. The deal wasn't good enough. Then you should have walked away. Three, a businessman. Lots of power and influence. A fellow who can easily get the husband a pardon. Why should he? One simple reason, money. You'd do the same for me, wouldn't you, Doc? You'd humiliate yourself for me, wouldn't you? Just want money. That was the end of the trailer. That was the end of the trailer. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. So, uh, much like the trailer, the movie itself is, is a combination of love story and action movie. So we'll we'll dive into it a little bit more. We're going to give you ten major moments that sum up the movie, and then we'll get into our deeper thoughts. And I we've already spoiled a bit what our deeper thoughts are, and they may not be so deep. But we have opinions on this matter. I think we have opinions on this matter. Yes. So the major moments again. This is just kind of a quick overview for you of the movie itself. Doc Carter, Doc McCoy, and his wife Carol are practicing some target shooting and are approached by Rudy to break a drug lord's nephew out of jail for about $300,000. After a successful jailbreak, Rudy betrays Doc, leaving him to be captured by the police, leading to Doc's imprisonment in Mexico. Carol makes a deal with Jack Benyon and secures Doc's release from prison by agreeing to providing some favors with mob boss Jack Benyon. He is planning a dog track robbery in Arizona and could use some help with that. Doc is released and meets the robbery team, including Rudy. A tense reunion occurs with Doc punching Rudy and warning him against betraying him again. The team executes the heist, leading to a panicked shooting by Hanson, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, and their escape with over a million dollars using a bomb diversion. Rudy ends up killing Hanson and flees with the money, betraying them again. While Doc outsmarts and seemingly kills Rudy at a rendezvous point, escaping with Carol and the money, Rudy had been wearing a bulletproof vest, Chekhov's bulletproof vest, which had showed up earlier in the movie, which that was kind of a quick, you know, Chekhov's vest shows up at the beginning of Act 2 and then is utilized very quickly about 10 minutes later in Act 2. Well, they realized they hadn't tipped their hand yet, and they felt they had to... Show us before they told us. Yeah. So Rudy, because he had this bulletproof vest on, survives and forces a veterinarian and his wife to aid him, developing a, let's call it, twisted relationship with the veterinarian's wife, Fran. Why they? (laughs) I I feel like when we get to the deep thoughts section, that's the part of the movie that's maybe going to get to to use Pat's, you know, word that the kids use. It's going to be a bit cringe. Yeah, yeah. It's uh-huh. just, man, it's like what? So why? 
What? Okay, I'm muting. I'm muting. Continue. It's Continue. A, it's a little weird. Some of the, I'm going to go ahead and throw in my opinion, even though I know we're doing this later. There are so many times within this movie that I'm thinking, what if a Quentin Tarantino movie could be sleazier? Ooh. And that's what it made, that's what this movie made me think of. Yeah. Yeah, lower quality and sleazier. I'm going to quote Hunt for October. Yeah. Can you, can you launch an ICBM horizontally? Sure. Why would you want to? There you go. So Carol and Doc confront Benyon with the money where Carol unexpectedly kills him instead of Doc revealing her loyalty. And when we say the word loyalty, we are stretching that one just a bit. Tension rises between Doc and Carol, especially after Carol loses the money to a con man in Flagstaff, because haven't we all done that at one point or another, which Doc then recovers after a tense chase. And then the final showdown. At the Border Hotel, a gunfight erupts between Doc, Carol, and Benyon's men. Doc kills a recovered Rudy again, because he wasn't quite dead the first time. He had the bulletproof vest. But he Not was starting dead to, yet. I know. And he was starting to feel much better, but no. Um, I, don't, I don't think he ever felt happy, though. No, no. His death wasn't very uplifting either. No. No. I'm sorry. That's a little bit more of a pun for my British friends. Uh, we don't call it a lift over here. <laughs> but, you know. Anyway. Uh-huh. Doc kills him again. And they escape with Slim, an old cowboy, crossing into Mexico for their ultimate getaway. All right. I think I've covered everything that needs to be covered. And after all the people they've killed, they just send Slim away with some money. Yeah. How about 40,000 bucks, Slim? You want 40,000 bucks? It was kind of a reverse flatliners. It was, I can give you this car for Mm 20,000. I'll give you this car for 30,000. No, I'll give it to you for 40000 guys. How about forty, Slim? I think we're going the wrong way. I mean, Slim's a nice guy, but what, have you known him for 15 minutes? So. Hey, kind of kind of combining your fast facts and your trivia section and all that kind of stuff, yeah. major moments, I should say, not fast facts, major moments. And if, when they met with the uh, the mob boss, and I think they were, they were at, a, like, a NASCAR test. Yeah. Did anybody catch the transporter with the, uh, the Wood Brothers logo and name on it? I did not. All you, all you NASCAR guys know the Wood Brothers, right? I am familiar with the name. You're going to have to fill the, me in a little bit more, but I am familiar and, with the name. And I'm kind of punching out of my comfort zone because I'm, I am not, you know, uh, a super big NASCAR fan. But the Wood Brothers is the longest continuing, uh, continue, longest running NASCAR team in 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 history. Oh, nice! And it's been running continuously since 1950, I think. Oh, wow! Right. <laughs> I mean. I mean, when you think of that, that's like, I mean, I mean, that's getting back to, that's way back. And they were, it's a pretty incredible, you know, intelligent and, and talented guys and all that kind of stuff. And I, I want to say that they even helped out when Colin Chapman brought the Lotus Formula One team over to run at Indy in the 60s. I think they hired the Wood Brothers to be the pit crew. And they kind of raised the bar in terms of efficient pit stops. I, just a little tidbit of, of IndyCar history, if I've got that right, and my gosh, if I've got that wrong, please someone, you know, write the correction on the outer box of a PlayStation 5 and send it to the, send it to the show. But no, the Wood Brothers racing, and so in the, and there's a glimpse when they, they pan by, and I, again, I don't know enough, it's like there was crew that were a cameo, but you do see a Wood Brothers logo on the side of a transporter, and they actually, I'm going to say recently, but it could have been like 10 years ago, I want to say they re- they won the Daytona 500 and they and it was a very cool thing because they're like it was kind of the underdog team situation and and the whole thing. But uh, yeah, I thought that was really cool to see the Wood Brothers logo and uh, and transporter and everything. Nice. Very cool. Nice. All right, it is now time for some deep thoughts. And now deep thoughts. I have an opinion on this matter. Don't mince words, Bones. What do you really think? I like it a lot. Wow. It's very deep. Thank you. Okay, deep thoughts on the Wood Brothers. So let's talk more about that. Pat, what else do you want to say about them? Well, I don't know. I guess I'd like to know more about them. Okay. I'd love love to drill down on that IndyCar history that they hired those guys to come over and do that. Yeah. Racing's cool. I, I, let's I, let's just talk about cars and racing. I mean, that's kind of my thought. I'm, I was mm-hmm. 
Well, I, okay, let's let's do this part. When was the first time you saw this movie, and how does it make you feel? Bo, why don't you go first? Well, the first time I saw it was a couple days ago. Okay. I don't know that I had, I don't know that this ever registered before today. Okay. I feel um, like I saw bits and pieces of it at some point in the history of my life, but not the whole thing. Yeah. Boat, how did it make you feel? Eh. Okay. I mean, it was it was just a movie. There was nothing about it that was like but redeeming. Bo, it's, Bo, it's the '90s. It's it's Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger. That doesn't move the needle for you. Not in this particular case, no. Okay, all right. But I'm sure they spent a lot of money getting Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger for this movie. I guarantee that they did, and I guarantee that they're. They're, they started with good intentions. They wanted to remake a movie that they all loved that Steve McQueen had been in. And, you know, who doesn't want to pretend to be Steve McQueen for the day? I sure. mean, I get all of this. Yeah. I just think they missed the mark because I, I just, I can't see the original being this cringy. Mm-hmm. I hope not anyway. Yeah. Now I need to watch the original. Yeah. If anything, this movie did make me want to watch the original. Yeah, because you kind of worry. You're like, God, I hope the source material wasn't that rough. <laughs> yeah. But. <laughs> mm-hmm. Patrick, when was the first time you saw this? Same as Bo a couple of days ago. And uh, yeah, same answer as Bo. I, I just, there's, I want to like the movie. I want to like the concept. I, I, there's a, I, I, I want to like it. I like Alec Baldwin. This is Alec Baldwin. He plays good guys and he plays bad guys. And I love, I love when he's both, but I mean, and obviously he was like the good guy, bad guy in this one, but you know, I love his delivery of lines, the deadpan, the way he talked way down here. That was fun. Kim Brasinger is great. I, and all the stuff I've seen her in, I know we'll get into it more with the, with, as the discussion flows, but I'm just going to get it out of the way. I, I just, I couldn't help but see the way they portrayed the female characters in here and what they had them do and the situations they were in in the shots. And it was like, all right. I, I just wonder, it's like, and, and, and I, I don't want to project and I don't want to put things out there that I've never, I haven't researched. I don't know how they feel, but it was just like, did we have to have the adult scenes in there? Did we have to have, the scenes where they don't have their clothes on and all that kind of stuff. Were they comfortable with it? Or was that kind of the, the only way you're going to work on this movie is if you do a scene like this. And it was like, I I don't know. The scenes didn't add much in terms of it didn't like, it, it didn't advance the relationships or the relationship struggles. It didn't advance the plot at all. It just, they were just in there to be in there. And there was a lot of scenes in the movie that were like that. And that's really what I struggled with. It just, the, the, what they made the, the, the actresses that were in the film do just, it just felt like cringe to me. Now I, I am sorry. I don't want to yuck someone else's yum. And if the filmmakers are listening to this while they're mowing their lawn and they were say, Oh no, everyone was on board. And they thought that this was important to do and so on and so forth. And, like I'll stand corrected, but like I said, I was just watching it and it was like, Oh man, this just, boy, I just don't know. I don't know about all this. Yeah. And I just, re- I just reacted pretty negatively to it. That was really kind of a struggle for me. Yeah. So I, I will say that there were a couple of trivia things related to some of the more adult scenes in the movie. And it sounded like, I, I don't know in terms of the, motivation or willingness or interest in being in those scenes. But because Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger were in an actual relationship, when it came to those scenes, the uh, demand or request or, or whatever they said, if we're going to film these scenes, you're going to set up a remote camera and you're going to leave us alone in a room. And no one else is going to be in this room when we're in this room and filming these scenes. So apparently that was their caveat that that's what had to happen when those scenes were going to get filmed. The flip side of that, which may... I don't know how much it would help with the scenes with Jennifer Tilly in it. She, I believe, was quoted as saying she loves taking her clothes off in movies, and she was excited to do it. 
And I don't know to what degree these scenes in particular she was excited to do, but apparently she has been quoted as saying that that doesn't bother her at all and she enjoys when she gets an opportunity to do that. So I don't know if that, I don't know how much for our viewing experience that changes um, well, anything about know, those scenes, but they, they still least... were storytelling wise. It was just weird. Like that whole, in, in fact, if you would have taken out the whole dynamic of the veterinarian and his wife, Mm-hmm. I think I, I think I could have been more okay with the movie. Like it still had a lot of other hiccups along the way, mm-hmm. but that was, it, I don't know. It was just, it was weird. Like there was, it was so much of a, it came out of left field basically. Mm-hmm. And it was so far out of left field. I was like, why are we letting the people sitting in the stands play the game now? Like that's how far out of left mm-hmm. field it was. Like we were probably in the parking lot somewhere. Right. And it was just weird. And there was no, like there was no, and maybe I'm looking too much into it, but there's no motivation for her to mm-hmm. betray her husband. And, and in fact, in the presence of her husband and start hooking up with this criminal. Um, yeah, it, it was weird. Yeah. It didn't make sense. I, yes. And I feel I, like I at agree. this point we've seen enough movies that some of these things should make sense. Well, right now, next week, it, it next just, week, next week, when we talk about the chase, there's a few things mm-hmm. in the chase that don't make sense, but that movie is just a crazy fun movie. Mm-hmm. And so there it's are bonkers. There's it's bonk. Yes, it is bonkers. And because it's bonkers, it gets a pass on some of those things because it's supposed to be bonkers. Right. And you can suspend some disbelief when a movie is meant to be bonkers. So. This, but this one, no. Like this one, this movie seemed to take itself seriously. Right. And so I think I can criticize this movie a little bit more because it took itself seriously. So I think in my critique, I'm allowed to take it seriously and say. Yeah. And and I'll say like to those points, to your points with the actresses and the the thing and the filming and the clothes off and all that. Hey, I'll stand correct. I mean, if everybody's, hey, if you're all okay with that and you like not my place to tell someone how to live their life. And I'll, I'll, I'll own that and pull that back and say, if everyone's okay with it, then all good to the whole part of how does it fit in with the storytelling? I still think like to your point, I just don't get how that fits in. Right. Like, I don't like, what is this movie about and how does that fit in the whole scene where they're in the car, throwing the fries and the chicken wings and everything like that. I didn't quite see how that fit in. Um. Yeah, it just I it, the motivations didn't make much sense. Yeah. Even the whole scene where he's chasing the guy on the train, which mm-hmm. didn't seem very tense to me because you're like he's going to totally catch up with that guy, and that guy's going to get pummeled. I mean, it's it's like well, you know that this is going to happen. Right. I I I thought the scene was a fun action scene. But again, I'm kind of like, well, how does that fit in with the overall narrative? How does that fit in with the overall narrative of the film? You know what I'm saying? It just seemed like there were a lot of random kind of situations that didn't, there wasn't one big thread that pulled it all together. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry if you heard a big noise clatter. My cat just jumped up on the stove and knocked the pan over (laughs) That's all right. That's I figured something like that. Yeah, they'll do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I I know. And then he's and then I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And he's sitting there like jawing at me. <laughs> I'm participating in the podcast. Exactly. Like, <laughs> that's, that's right. What are you doing? I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine here. <laughs> Did you We're want, all just fine here. Did you want to use that pan? I put it on the floor for you. Pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. So let me ask this as maybe our final question before we go into three questions. Uh, was there anything you did like about this movie? Because I feel like looking at, as I started to kind of say when we were going through all the cast and crew stuff, looking at the elements of this movie, like this this movie is less than the sum of its parts. Looking at the elements of this movie and the makeup of this movie, I feel like given the three of us and what movies we tend to like, I feel like we should have liked this movie. 
So mm-hmm. it, it is one of those anomalies that has like all these elements and we're like, yeah, no, no, didn't, uh, didn't care for it. So is there anything in this movie that you did enjoy? The concept of a heist movie I will always enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I the think, execution in this case wasn't great. Right. I think I'm, I think I'm on board for that too. I'm, I'm up for but, a good heist movie and yeah, I love a heist movie. Yeah. So I was excited for that prospect, and then when it didn't quite come through. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe they incepted us. Maybe they stole our heist movie. Ooh. Maybe this movie's deeper than we thought. No. No. <laughs> no. That's, a fun, that's a fun little game you could play. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm going to go with no. Mm-hmm. I, I like the actors and actresses in it. Yeah. I thought there were some fun sequences. I thought the shootout in the building at the end. Yeah. I thought I thought the train chase, even though that was kind of like I don't know why this is in there. I thought the train chase was good. Yeah. You know, I think like you said, the concept of the heist movie and the one person's betraying the next person's betraying the next that that concept would be very cool. I the heist movie. I like the the idea of the getaway chase movie. They're, they're making a run for the border. I like a happy ending when you get a happy ending in this one. So again, I I don't want to completely roast the movie, especially if it's someone else's yum that I'm yucking. I've used that phrase way too much this, uh, this episode, but those are the things that I like. There were elements that, uh, that were fun. Yeah. It's just, like I said, the aforementioned things just, just really kind of took me out of it a little bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think all the there's all the right pieces are there. I think I'm not a writer by any stretch, but I think if you wanted to make this movie about a certain thing, you know, one idea or one concept or something like that, I think I think you could I think that, that, that you'd be able to punch the movie up, right? I mean, yeah. It it kind of has a look you mentioned like a Quentin Tarantino movie, it kind of has that raw edge to it. It's about kind of like a couple, kind of like a couple on the other side of the law. So it has sort of a true romance kind of aspect to it. Yeah. But all these films that I'm mentioning kind of, kind of do it better. And that therein lies the problem, right? Like the idea of a heist movie, the getaway, it was a remake, a chase movie. Like anytime you get like the old West where they're like making a run for the border, you know, all the elements are there for just a really fun movie, but it, it, yeah, there were just, just too many scenes that didn't make as much sense. I mean, even explain, it just seemed very superficial. Even the whole, oh, you slept with him. Well, yeah, I had to get you out. No, you should have left me there. Oh, and it just, oh, we're all mad. And I, I mean, show us a little bit more of how that relationship developed and why it was so deep and why it was so strong. And then we might buy into that argument more. Right. Very true. And I agree with you on the shootout at the end. The shootout at the end of the movie was good. I did enjoy that part of it. But yeah, it was kind mm-hmm. of a it was a, a heist movie that did not live up to expectations. Right. All right. It's time for three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. It's impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, question number one. If you were in the if you were on the run and had to hide in a truck slash utility vehicle of some kind, because they do hide in a garbage truck in the movie, what truck would be your last choice? You know, a garbage truck would be pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Any kind of a I suppose a truck where it's a, like a septic thing, but I don't know how much you could literally hide in that. Well, that I was think... that was that was one that came up when my family was answering this, and that's the one I'm gonna steal is the porta potty transport. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Because that's just nasty. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's the gross out thing, but then there's also the, okay, and he does say it, like, don't itch that. If you scratch that, it'll be an infection or something like that. I mean, there is the point, too, where if you're on the run and you're not going to get, like, 
medical care or whatever, you fall into a septic thing, or you're, you're going to be in a pretty bad way. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think it would be a last resort because it's gross, but I think, you know, out of the fire, out of the frying pan and into the fire kind of thing. If you hide in the wrong place. Yeah. I think garbage truck is nasty. I put nuclear waste disposal. Maybe yeah. not so good. Yes. You know, this is a nineties movie. So that nineties movie trope of the company dumping the chemicals in the local river. I don't think that chemical disposal truck is a place I'd like to hang out. Yeah, just any waste disposal, I think, is the theme I'm detecting here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's nasty. It's just nasty. It's like, it's, you, it's Miss Jackson. It's that's nasty. It's, it's nastier than that. I mean, it is. Whew. Number two, what is your favorite movie scene in a gun or ammo shop? <laughs> okay. So this stretches the credulity of gun or ammo shop. That's fine. This is the 30-something movie podcast. It's what we do best. Ah, well, I do weapons now. (laughs) There you go. I mean, the whole thing. I mean, it's... It's Bronson Pinchot, it's it's Eddie Murphy, it's it's Judge Reinhold, it's mm-hmm. it's the craziest, most what, what's the term you used earlier? Bat guano crazy. Uh-huh. I mean, it uh-huh. is all of that and weapons and some kind of mm-hmm. cool ones and then some just yeah. ridiculous. I mean, it's there's everything about that scene. Oh yeah. yeah. First thing I thought of when you said ammo shop was like yeah. Ah well Foley. There we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, not technically a shop, but Pat, if if you want to, I don't know what you ended up choosing, but if you want to, I'll let you choose the Matrix. Okay, I was. Oh wow! About there you go. Gonna, I was going to. I need guns. Okay. Lots of guns. Right, that's, Lots that's of guns. What I was thinking, yeah. Yes. But I've got I've got one that's a little bit more, a little bit less of a stretch if I need to have it. Okay, go for it. Are you sure? Absolutely. The Somalier from John Wick. Yes. Yes. Is the, is this it's the sommelier right yeah yeah is the yeah. sommelier in i yes. will check sir. i will check sir mm-hmm. and i'm just like okay <laughs> they got all the different you know what i'm saying that's that's just yes it's just awesome he's got all those firearms and you know he's going to use every single bullet in every single magazine and everything before he has to go to the next one and yeah yeah that's that's the world building in those movies is just awesome yeah it's just so fun, Indeed. and there's going to be, there's going to be spinoffs, and there's what it's the ballerina, right? Yes. With mm-hmm. Anna Diarmas. Yes. See, yes. life is that's just awesomeness. Life found a way. That's right, but yes, John, I will take the construct from the Matrix. Okay, all right. I will let you have it in, in any one of those that you want. <sighs> so, I'm going to go with. There is a fun scene in a movie I've only seen parts of so far, and I really would like to sit down and watch all of it. There was a movie in 2019 called The Highwayman, and it was Kevin Costner. Have you seen it? Yeah. Okay. I have not seen the entire thing. I would really like to, but I keep seeing the scene, and I don't know how, but I keep seeing the scene where he's in the gun shop picking out all the guns he wants. Mm-hmm. And he's very specific, and he's like stacking everything up. And it's like, all right, I'll take them. They're like, okay, you'll take them. Like, which ones? It's like all of them, all of them, all of them. Uh, yeah, that's where he gets. That's where he gets that Browning automatic rifle, right? Yeah, I think he gets everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty crazy. Wait, you have you haven't finished the movie then? Right? No, I have not. Oh, okay, so, <laughs> then I'll be quiet. Okay, but you got to finish it because right. it's pretty. Yeah, it's it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. Pretty good movie. The Highwaymen, not to be confused with the country supergroup, The Highwaymen. The Highwaymen. Uh, Johnny yes, Cash, mm-hmm. Chris Salverson, and, and all those guys. Highway, highway Man. Highway Man, yeah. I'm going to go, my favorite is, I, I got to go with The Terminator. I got to go with Terminator yeah. for several reasons because it's just kind of awesome. But also, it's Dick Miller. I know. Anytime you've got Dick Miller... Um, you know, the, the curmudgeon from Gremlins owning a gun shop now, <laughs> and I hope all those guns are American-made. Actually, I know they're not because that one is Italian. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as the Terminator's there, the 12-gauge autoloader, that's Italian. Uh, you can either go Pomperato with that one. 45 long slide laser sighting. 
And he's, he's just so funny. He's like the shop owner. He's like, he's brand new. We just got them in. That's a good gun. And he's like describing everything to him. And then I, my favorite part of it is the Terminator, obviously forgetting what year he's in. He's like, phase plasma rifle with the 40-watt range. And he's like, hey, just what you see here, pal. Only what you see here, pal. Uzi 9mm. So which will it be? So this is very similar to the Highwaymen scene. He's like, so which one will it be? All. Mm-hmm. Like, I may close early today. So that is mine. I will go with the Terminator. All right, final question. Question number three. What is your favorite Philip Seymour Hoffman role? Which, unfortunately, if we had not lost him in 2014, I think we would have gotten a lot more really great roles for him to play in because he is a great actor. And that is actually one of the things. I should have mentioned that. In in mentioning a favorite thing from this movie, something I did enjoy in this movie, him, like his character, even with all the other stuff going on, the fact that this is a really tiny part for him, he Mm -hmm. is still awesome in that part. So... Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman, especially when I get to see him in something where he's not a overly pretentious medical and or law student. Okay. Okay. So, and you know what, that whole, the whole heist, that whole robbery scene was yeah. pretty cool too. Yeah. You know? So I, my answer for this one is I've got a couple of them and I've had a hard time narrowing it down. I really like him in almost famous. That's probably my favorite one of his, However, I also really, really like him in Patch Adams. So mm. I had trouble narrowing it down, so I'm not going to. Yeah, you shouldn't have to. Sure. What else we got? Philip Seymour Hoffman. I liked him in Mission Impossible 3. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He plays a really good bad guy. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like he's just, he, he's good at that. And I, I, I that's first role that popped into my head. Was that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's good in that. Good call. I'm gonna go with the Brant and the Big Lebowski. Nice. Yeah, he's he's really fun in that one. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. He really can play. Man, he really can do a variety of roles. Oh yeah. I mean, he's really just amazing. The other one I want to bring up is uh, what is he? You mentioned it earlier. The Hunger Games. Yeah, Hunger Games. Um, he was amazing in Capote. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Hunger Games. What else was he in? He was in Moneyball. He was good in Moneyball. What yeah. was he in Moneyball? Oh, Moneyball. Well, he, he was, was the, the manager. Wasn't yeah, he Art Howe? Yeah. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Oh, hello. Yeah. What was he? Man, I'm just thinking of everything he's in, and I'm forgetting all the titles. But yeah, everything I've seen him in, he's been just great. Yeah. Yeah, and he was really good in the Hunger Games, and yeah. So yeah, I t- too bad that uh, too bad that we lost him in. It's almost ten years ago now. I guess we lost him in twenty fourteen. Yeah. So he was one that had he gone on to to do more, I think he would have had plenty more amazing yeah. movies. Yeah, clearly, clearly. So. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this one. So before we wrap up, you can find us on the social medias. Pretty much anywhere there's social media, we are there at Thirty Podcast. Whatever the, I don't know, is it? I don't know. Are we calling it Twitter? Are we calling it X? Are we thinking it's, I don't know. I mean, there's, yeah, yeah, I don't know what to call it. A lot of people are calling it Twixter and Twixter. all sorts of weird things. See, that's just going to make me hungry for chocolate. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whatever it is, Twitter, Facebook, X book, that's probably something bad. Most likely. Mm-hmm. Mastodon, Blue something, I don't know, Blue Man Group, whatever. 30 Podcast, you'll find us on most of those. For the rest of this month is our Law & Order month, and uh, we so far we have done Naked Gun 33 and a third, Beverly Hills Cop 3, The Getaway was this week's episode. The Chase will be next week. We're looking forward to that one because mm-hmm. I think we've mm-hmm. all already agreed preemptively. We really enjoy that one. Yep. And then finishing off the month with Wyatt Earp. And then if you are one of our Patreon co-executive producers, our episode's over there. The Patreon short this month is on the Stephen King's The Stand miniseries that they did in 1994 and the movie seven samurai is our full length patreon episode over there from 1954 and it is one of my one of my favorite movies and definitely 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 up there i think in most movie fans lists if you're a fan of watching older movies foreign movies whatever it's yeah there's whatever movie you enjoy it probably owes something back to movies like seven samurai yeah so. Yes, yes. All right. Well, gents, it is a pleasure as always to be here with you. 
John, as well. Thank John, you. thanks for getting us together. Well, let's come back next week and talk about a movie we might like a little bit better. I like that plan. Okay, we'll get away from this one, and then we'll come back and... Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, that's okay. <sighs> that's okay. I feel like we're going to have a bunch of one-liners and all kinds of other stuff next week when we start just quoting this movie. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yes. Everybody be excellent to each other. We'll see you back here next time. <laughs>